Welcome to The Well Q&A Podcast. The Well is the student ministry of Key Life Fellowship, which exists to equip students for lifelong service of Jesus Christ. Each week through a QR code given to them at youth, students of The Well anonymously send in various questions they have regarding the lesson or even about various biblical topics. We pray that we may also be a blessing to your Christian walk as together we find all the answers that we need in the Word of God. Well, it is finally, and I say finally kind of loosely, shockingly, December of 2023. It feels like just yesterday it was January of 2023. Man, this year has flown by, and I hope you take a little bit of note that, man, God has been so good to us this year. We're finally in December. There is one thing, really one day, that is synonymous when we think about December, and that is, yes, Christmas. Christmas, man. Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year. Man, we get to celebrate Christmas in Texas where it is a cool, crisp, about 72 degrees. It really looks a lot like Christmas outside. Uh, hopefully you sense the sarcasm. Christmas in Texas is just another, another, another day, weather speaking. But... With Christmas, so many awesome things come. I mean, you, you, you've got time with family. You have all of your cool, fun traditions. All the things that we do as, as Americans are, is great in Christmas. But I don't want us to lose sight, and to, to, to not sound cliche here, the reason for Christmas. That is to celebrate and to commemorate and to remember and to thank God for the birth of Jesus Christ, not just the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ, the huge miracle that took place, probably not on December 25th, but in one day in history around 2,000 years ago in a town called Bethlehem, that God, eternal, the eternal second person of the triune Godhead, came to this earth, as a baby and was born as a real, breathing, complete human baby while remaining God. This is the miracle known as the incarnation of the Son of God. We know Him as Jesus. And so with the Christmas time, the Christmas season, we need to just jump right ahead and reminding ourselves of who Jesus is, it's important to note this, that Jesus didn't just begin on Christmas Day. He did, his life didn't begin in a manger. Jesus has always existed. Jesus is eternal. In the beginning, John 1, 1 says, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He has always been. We commemorate Him becoming human on Christmas. So, how do we know? Jesus didn't just show up on Christmas Day for the very first time and say, hey guys, I'm Jesus, I came to die for you guys, what's up? We know this because the Bible speaks so much about Jesus before Jesus is seen in Matthew and in Luke and Mark and John. Before the birth of Jesus the man, there were so many prophecies, and you guys asked me, what are some prophecies about Jesus? Well, very quickly, the first three chapters of the Bible, Genesis 3.15, there's a prophecy 
concerning, you guessed it, Jesus. It's fuzzy, but when we look at the look look at the prophecy from our lens, from the New Testament lens, we see that. Oh, that's so clearly what it's talking about. It talks about the the, the head of the serpent, Satan, being crushed by the seed of the woman after the serpent strikes the heel to the seed or the offspring of the woman. This is the offspring of the woman, Jesus, Jesus born of a woman, crushing the head of Satan on the cross. Genesis 3.15 talks about that in detail. Genesis 12.3, the Lord tells Abraham that through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And Jesus came to save not just the people of Abraham, the Jews or the Israelites, but he came to save people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, Jews and Gentiles alike, all who would look to Christ. Uh, there, there was other prophecies to the, to the sons of Jacob or of Israel that Judah would rule over all of his brothers, the 12 tribes of Israel or Jacob, his 12 sons, that Judah would rule over all of them. We know Jesus descended from the tribe of Judah. Uh, you have, uh, just to kind of give you, not I, no way I could list all of the prophecies of Jesus because most scholars agree there's about 300 of them, give or take, that Jesus fulfilled while he was here on this earth. Uh, just a few of them, we think even the birthplace of Jesus was prophesied about. Uh, it's quoted in, in Matthew, the, 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 um, the teachers and, and all of the people who were the scholars of the Old Testament, actually Herod, the one who tried to kill Jesus, uh, he, and the rest of the newborn babies, two years and younger, in, in the region around Bethlehem. He actually asked, what, what is all this? When the Magi came to him, he was wondering, what's going on here? Well, they quoted him scripture in Matthew 2, verse Six and it comes from Micah five, verse two. It says, "But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." That ruler, that shepherd, is none other than the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. He refers to himself as that title in John, chapter ten. Uh, Psalm twenty-two is another amazing prophecy of Jesus. Uh, in, in fact, Jesus quotes the first few words of it when he's on the cross in, in an instance that has stumped a lot of people. When Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's quoting Psalm 22 in an amazing way. It talks about the bones of him not being broken. It talks about dogs surrounding him. It even prophesies the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Probably even better than this is Isaiah chapter 53, man, you want to talk about just an amazing prophecy. 700 years before Jesus Christ predicts his death. Uh, it talks about Jesus being stricken. He, he was taking up our pain, bearing our suffering, punished by God, afflicted, him being pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that, was brought, that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. And then it, it even uh, refers to his trial. In Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. That's what happened to Jesus. He could have protested, but no, he didn't. He went willingly to the cross. It says the next verse, he was taken away. 
He was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Man, that is talking about Jesus Christ. Verse 11 of Isaiah 53, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. His resurrection, he will see the light of life. He's going to live again. This is what Jesus did. And it writes about it in the scriptures hundreds sometimes of years before we, what we know and celebrate as Christmas. I uh, mentioned Psalm 22 talking about the death of Christ. Psalm 34 talks about the death of Christ, his crucifixion, that his bones will not be broken. That's what happened to Jesus on the cross. Remember, uh, a typical practice for them if they were taking men off the cross because they would have to push their legs up so they could get a breath. They would break their legs so that they wouldn't be able to get a breath and they would literally suffocate themselves to death. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. And they stuck a spear in his side and not blood flowed out, but water flowed out because all of his blood was already spilled, every single drop of it. And so they took him down off the cross without breaking any bones, fulfilling, unbeknownst to them probably, the prophecy in the Psalms. I could literally, we could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, oh, the, the, the line of Jesus Christ, that he was going to be he was going to come from the line of David. That on the throne of David, a ruler would come that would rule forever. Jesus Christ is descendant of King David. Isaiah 7, 14. See if this is just a coincidence. It prophesies that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Oh, wow. I don't know about you guys, but virgin, virgin births don't happen. It happened with Jesus because... That was God's plan to send a sinless man without a sin nature, without an earthly father, where we get our sin nature from, to come and bear the sin of all sinners who would look to him for salvation. The Bible in the Old Testament is not just a bunch of boring stories. It is a huge cross-shaped arrow that points straight to Jesus Christ. You see the Old Testament, and not only are there prophecies concerning Christ, this is the things we've talked about today that are just so clear. There are even types of Christ. The whole sacrificial, sacrificial system was to be a picture of what Jesus did. I mean, it's no wonder that they would have to sacrifice a perfect, spotless lamb for their sins. And then in the New Testament, John the Baptist says, Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is described as a perfect spotless lamb. Hello, the sacrifice once for all sins. Uh, that's clearly talking about Jesus. And then there's other places they have something called a scapegoat, you know, where the priest would lay his hand on the, the, the goat that was there. This is where we get the term. And they'd send him off in the wilderness never to return, signifying that Christ took away all of our sins forever when they were laid upon him. All of this, guys, is to point us to Jesus Christ and to see the beauty and the majesty of the salvation that can only be found in Christ. No, it wasn't just a, oh, cute little baby in a manger. That's cool. What, what a humble, humble way to start things out. No, 
This was a perfectly planned sending of Christ. This is a perfectly planned life of Jesus and even a perfectly planned death of Jesus to secure salvation to those who look to Christ and Him alone for their salvation. So take some time now. Take some time this Christmas to not get caught up in the hustle and bustle of everything and, and all the silly stuff that goes on with Christmas that some of us like and some of us could take it or leave it and some of us just hate it. Take some time to think about the perfection of Jesus Christ. There, there is no other way to account for all of the prophecies and types and fingers being pointed in the direction of Christ from the Old Testament, and then to see Jesus fulfill all of those, that is an airtight case that our Jesus, that our Scripture is true, that our Jesus is the only way of salvation. I pray you'd love Him more. I pray you'd look to Him more sincerely. You'd look His Word. You'd dig into His Word because Jesus says in, in, in the Word uh, we have life, and I pray that you would also find life and you would find your daily bread in the scriptures as the Lord reveals himself to you there and there only. You guys have a great one. Have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. <music>